We start our deep dive into prospects. First up, USC's quarterback, Caleb Williams. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome in to the Monday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you here once again on the show. Hope you are all having a fantastic start to your Monday, a fantastic start to your week. And I know I say it every single day, but we have a fun one in store for you here today on the show because finally it has been talked about. I have teased it. It has been asked of me to do this series. I have been looking forward to doing this series here on the show for both the live YouTube audience and for you listening in the podcast feed We are finally going to talk about 2024 draft prospects and specifically 2024 quarterback prospects. And the first guy up for us to discuss here on the show today is USC quarterback Caleb Williams. I spent some time this morning, watched a couple of games from the 2022 season. For those on the YouTube side of things, you see the trusty notebook, you see the notes that are written down here. Uh, that we are going to discuss a lot to like, some things that concern me, things that I'd like to see improvements on uh, in 2023. Uh, And again, we will share our overall thoughts. The chat is already sharing their thoughts on Caleb Williams. So this should be a fun, very interactive conversation. And the thing that I will say that uh, is, I think, the important place for us to start here when doing this is I went into uh, this deep dive this morning, going into the All-22 on two games. And I'll tell you the two games that I watched Uh, were both games from last year, both games from the 2022 season. I watched him against ASU, and I watched him against Oregon State. And this is not going to be about them on this show today, but I would just like to very clearly be on the record saying the Oregon State defense is very fun to watch. Boy, do they make things difficult for anybody at the quarterback position. And the things that they did to Caleb Williams were they they played such good man coverage. Their guys were attached at the hip to receivers. What they do up front, confusing with their fronts and moving guys around and showing pressure. They are just very, very good at what they do. And while I was going into this, uh, watching Caleb Williams, I found myself on plays going, wow, great defense there from Oregon State. So just want to give them a shout out here before we do get into the deep dive, uh, because they were fortunately one of the teams I got to watch today. And it was a tale of two games. I thought he was much uh, more successful in the ASU game, the Oregon State game. So I was happy that I maybe got both ends of the spectrum. So those were the two games that we watched. But I went into this deep dive this morning with a certain preconceived notion about Caleb Williams. Understand all the talent, understand the arm, understand his ability to move around. But I felt at times that he had a propensity to maybe try some things or do some things that were hero ball-ish that felt very, and I do not, he's much more talented than this player, but they felt very Johnny Menzel to me. That they were things that were, he was able to get away with at the college level, that if he were to do those things on NFL Sundays, that they would be very, very disastrous for him. And there were a couple of plays during the, the the watch this morning of these two games where you see those plays that give you some cause for concern, at least for me personally. There are some things that I pause and I go, he cannot do that at the next level. Uh, there was specifically a play against ASU in which he the pressure kind of uh, you know captures him in and he just jump throws it uh, across his body to the far sideline and the ASU defender misses what would have been an interception, and the USC receiver makes the catch, and it's a, it's a big play. But I think if that happens on Sundays, it's an interception. So I went into it with that kind of, those were my causes for concern. And I came away with it looking at a guy that I understand the reason why he is uh, considered the top quarterback prospect 
uh, here in the 2024 draft class. We'll share some of the thoughts here from the chat, and then I'll share my notes here. But from the pre-show, Heldy says, I value Caleb highly as a prospect because he is a rare, hard-to-replicate trait. His playmaking and off-platform game puts him in rare air among QB prospects. Uh, at this point, it would be hard to displace him as the number one QB prospect of this class for me. And then Bailey says, I think Caleb is as good of a prospect as at doing the off-script stuff as I've seen. He will get comp to Mahomes for the sheer talent on display multiple times a game where he does incredible stuff. When on-script, whilst good, was slightly less impressive than I thought, he is slow with his reads but gets away with it due to having good talent around him and the arm talent if he is late. I think there is a time where he is too slow getting to his second read then has to make something crazy happen to get out of it. He always manages to do the crazy things, though. Yeah, I think that's a very fair interpretation of uh, how I feel about him. Although I don't know if... I don't think he's super slow with his reads. I, I think he's I think he's fine. I think it could be better. Um, I think there's absolutely opportunity for him to prove in that regard. There was a drive in the fourth quarter of the Oregon State game that I watched where they were down 14 to 10. It's the drive where they, they score the touchdown to go ahead. And he did a very nice job, I think, of not trying to go for those big plays, not trying to go for those home run hitters and just taking what the defense gave him, hitting some checkdowns, hitting some short inter, you know, intermediate stuff to just keep the chains moving, had a huge... Uh, but like fourth and six run where he picked up six and a half, like wasn't going for the hero ball, super home run play. It was just taking what that Oregon State defense, which it didn't give him a lot, uh, what it gave him. And he was able to move them down the field. And then the touchdown pass uh, to put them ahead uh, with some special stuff. But, but yeah, I agree with a lot of that from an overall perspective. Um, I have here in my notes, and the thing that really impresses me um, about Caleb Williams is we talk about the off script stuff, his ability to when pressure comes at him, to evade that pressure, to extend plays, and to do those special off-script stuff. I think the two things that really, one is a super positive. The other is a positive to an extent. And it's one of the things that I'd like to see him maybe grow into in 2023. But the real big positive for me in his off-script stuff is he has great balance when, he, when there's contact made. He does such a good job of taking hits. And you saw it in the Utah game, right? In the Pac-12 title game. He's getting beat up. We know he's a tough son of a gun, right? We know that he's able to, to absorb punishment, take some hits, and stay in football games and be really competitive and still uh, compete at a high level. But for me, one of the things specifically in the ASU game that I saw that was really telling to me is he takes some contact and he'll just bounce off of it. He keeps his balance nice. He keeps his head up. And he's always trying to look to make a play. And that to me is super impressive. You see some guys both at the college and the pro level is when they make content, when they get hit, they, they're just going down like a ton of bricks or they kind of stumble and they're able to maybe make a two, three yard or get back to the line of scrimmage and it's a positive play. He's always bouncing off a of contact and he's always got his head upfield and he's always looking for what's next. His feet, he's always able to get them flipped around and put into the right spot. Like that to me is really impressive. His balance when pressure is coming at him. He, he does have that, the patented, the, the Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes spin move out of the pocket. He does that at a really high level. There was a play specifically, I think it was in the ASU game, where he's getting flushed to his left off of contact, and he's able to flip his hips completely back around and just throw a dime down the middle of the field. That stuff's really impressive to me that he's able to flip his hips like that uh, in the in the sense of pressure. Uh, Bailey says, I think there, uh, Sam says he does freelance a little too much. He retreats so far in the pocket and can be loose with the ball. He consistently holds the ball for more than 3.2 seconds and fumbled 17 times in the past two years. Yeah, he does hold on to the ball quite a bit. Um, I think for me, the thing uh, about holding on to the ball too long, and, and this is one of those positives that I think is a cause for concern or something that I like to see him improve, and it goes into talking about the off-script stuff. When he's rolling out of the pocket and it's a off-script play, it's not a design run, it's not an RPO, it is a play where 
he is rolling out of the pocket because of pressure or he's trying to evade something, he's always looking to throw the ball. And you may say, how is that a bad thing, Chris? There are times where he's got a lot of open field in front of him to pick up 8, 10, 12, or break a huge play and pick up maybe 20, 25 yards. And he's still kind of looking to throw. Um, there are plays where it's sometimes down in the red zone. There was a play in the, in the Oregon State game where he had wide open lane. He could have picked up 15 yards and had, the, had USC first and goal. And instead, he kind of tried to force a ball in the back of the end zone into a guy, tried to high point it, and it just wasn't a great throw. I'd like to see him take off a little bit more. We, we know he's extremely athletic. We know he's, he's extremely talented. Um, use those legs a little bit more in the running game, right? Because he is athletic. He is explosive. He is able to make guys miss. I want him to use that a little bit more. I like that he's trying to keep his head up, and I like that he's trying to be a passer first. But there are some, I think, easy pickings. There are some easy plays for him to just absolutely feast on and have to force defenses to respect him in the running game that he maybe isn't necessarily uh, taking. Bailey says, I agree he is, uh, he is still okay. Uh, it is still better than most of the QB prospects I have watched in the class. Certainly not a true weakness, but it's something that I flagged multiple times as needing work. Uh, Sam says, challenges double coverage at poor times. Vision doesn't always reveal lurking safeties or undercutting DBs. Lack of touch on some intermediate throws leads to interceptions by underneath defenders. Sam, the touch to me is a huge one, and I have it written down here. And we're going out of order in my notes, and I kind of figured we were. Um, we already talked about his his great his the great balance. Um, we talked about um, that. I'd like to see him, you know, run on the move a little bit more than throwing it. Um, but Sam, the touch is something to me that is uh, I would love to see major improvements on. He's got great arm strength. He is able to put a ton of zip on the ball. He's able to make any throw on the field. He can throw it uh, from the far hash to the sideline, to the boundary. He is able to make all of those throws. He's able to, to zip it in there in a tight window. He can do all of those things. The one thing, and again, I only watch two games, and I watch both, thing, both games from last year, so it is a small sam sample size. But the one takeaway that I had that I had written down here is that I would love to see more touch on some throws. There are some throws that he can make where if he just puts a little bit more touch and, and takes off some of the zip, he would be able to, to really elevate his game to another level and really, really, truly, I think, reach that next tier of quarterback prospects. So for me, touch was a big thing I had on my list here. Um, I think at times he's extremely decisive with what he wants to do with the ball when he has it, uh, and I like that. Um, the freelancing stuff is where you start to get into the indecisiveness and he's holding on to the ball. But when he feels, at least to me when watching it, when he trusts his first read and he knows where he wants to go, or at least he knows where the first and second read are and he knows how to read the play, it is decisive to me on how he likes uh, to operate in this offense. And that's uh, one of the big takeaways that I had. He also he also has the the different arm angles that he throws. And that's why you're going to get the Mahomes comp and you're going because he's able to just change his arm slot and hit those swing passes, hit those screen passes um, out in the flat. Sam says... Um, he does double pat the ball a bunch. He does kind of burp the baby a little bit. He does do that. Uh, Taylor B says, is there any concern about him coming out of, a, of Lincoln Riley's offense? Will, will there be a big learning curve? Um, I don't want to answer that right now. I want to see what he looks like this year. I want to see another full year in the system. Um, and then I, I'd like to answer that at the end of the season. I don't think there's anything that I saw in the two games that I watched today that make me think that there would be a massive learning curve. There's always going to be a learning curve. There's always going to be subtle nuances that you're going to have to learn depending on where you go. But for me, there wasn't anything that was glaring. Um, all the stuff that I have concerns about, I think, are things that you would have regardless of the system uh, that you find yourself in. Um, he, he Listen, the off-platform stuff where he's jumping around and he's able to just on the run kind of flick it, and he's got all that stuff, right? The off-platform stuff um, we know about. 
Um, I, I, again, I still have. It's not as much as I have it originally, but I do have the concern about him relying too much on his athleticism and his arm strength to try to make stuff happen and play hero ball um, at, for plays that he should just eat or throw it away or just scramble and pick up one, two, three yards. I still think he has the the propensity to try to make stuff happen at all times, and I think that might bite him. Tuttle says his defense wasn't exactly doing him any favors. It falls to him to make plays and results in holding onto the ball. Definitely a habit he'll need to do more sparingly in the NFL. I tend to agree with that. I tend to agree with that. We mentioned the different arm slots. We mentioned the um, the concerns about relying. Did I mention how good his arm strength is? I'd like more touch, but did I mention how great his arm strength is? I want to make sure that we like that. Um, his red zone accuracy, I really like. I think down in the red zone, he does a really nice job. He had actually a play in each game that I watched in Arizona State um, and against Oregon State. They, I, they were basically the same play. I have to go back and, and look at him side by side to see if they were the same exact play call. But he kind of slides to his right a little bit, like a little rollout. And he finds his receiver at the back stretch of the end zone. And he just throws it up and he lets his receiver go up and high point it. And the accuracy while he's on the move, facing some pressure to put that ball in that spot both times was really nice. And I was very, very impressed. Uh, with what he's able to do down in the red zone because he feels like he's got a really good feel for how things are supposed to operate uh, down there as well. Uh, he's he's accurate on the run, which I like. When he is rolling out of the pocket, he is able uh, to 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 can have that consistency, to have that accuracy um, that I really like. Um, that I, I, I think I talked about it. I don't know if it was in the pre-show or at the top of the show when heaping praise on Oregon State, but I loved uh, the key fourth quarter drive that he had in that game against Oregon State where he just took his team down the field. He wasn't playing hero ball in that spot. The only big play that he had that you could consider hero ball is the fourth and sixth scramble where he took off um, and was able to turn that into a first down on a QB scramble. But took what the defense gave him, um, used a lot of the middle of the field, and, and just kind of marched them slowly down the field and then made the big throw uh, for the touchdown to put them ahead. Uh, and then I thought he feels pressure really well. Um, and I know we have some concerns about him freelancing too much, but I think he feels, and this offensive line wasn't particularly good in the two games that I watched. They they give up some stuff, specifically on the left side of the offensive line. I have some question marks. They really, truly kind of gave up some stuff where he had to be scrambling. Um, and that's where I think maybe he kind of freelances too much because he's kind of expecting the offensive line to break down a little bit because it has. Um, some poor pass blocking from the, the running backs, which didn't help. But he feels pressure really well. I think he's good at stepping up when he needs to. He's good at stepping out when he needs to. He's good at kind of spinning out when he needs to, that kind of stuff that I like. And that's the kind of stuff you can't teach, right? Feeling pressure, you know, having that athleticism to be able to step up and make a nice little sidestep or juke move to step up and out of the pocket. And again, like we said earlier, he's keeping his head up. He's trying to make a throw down the field. And so because of that, he's able to keep himself in a position to really be able to take advantage of some wide open stuff down the field. And he had a couple of plays like that as well. I, I really liked what I saw. And again, I went into it kind of expecting me to be like, meh, I, I don't know if I really like this guy as much as everybody else. Again, he's the first quarterback that we watch. So he goes number one on the board right now. He is QB one for us until we watch Drake May, who will be the next guy up. Probably watch him on Wednesday. Uh, but for me, I really, really liked a lot of the stuff um, that I saw. I understand the Mahomes comp. I don't, I don't see it completely. Um, I understand. I, who said it in the chat? Taylor B says he kind of feels to me more like a taller Kyler than Mahomes. That feels a little bit more in line with where I'm like, I don't like to do the comp stuff. You guys know I'm not a scout here. I'm just giving you my thoughts on, on what I've seen watching, and we're learning and growing together and doing this. But I liked what I saw. Was was pretty impressed with him. And again, the things that I would say are his, are his strengths are I love his arm strength. Um, I think he's got great balance when facing pressure in the pocket that allows him to extend plays. Um, he does have that trait that not that a lot of guys don't have, 
You have that athleticism. You're able to work off script. You're able to do all of that stuff. It's the on-script stuff that's going to get you, uh, I think, to to the pros if you're able to do that consistently. Um, and and I think he's okay at that right now. Bailey, do you see him as a generational guy like he is being labeled? Oh, I don't think so. I, I'm not there yet. I, I'm not. Um, and again, I only watched two games in full, so I don't want to like absolutely put the stamp down and and with my limited authority say I don't think he's a generational guy. But right now, if you were to ask me that question, no. I think he's a very good prospect. Um, I think there's every reason why he would be drafted number one, I totally get. He he checks all of those boxes in today's NFL. So I get it, but the touch is a concern. I think the the off-script stuff is a concern because sometimes he tries to do a little too much, and I'd like to see him kind of dial that back. And again, I'd like to see him be a little bit more of a runner at times when the the field opens up to him. I like that he's looking upfield. I like that he's trying to, to make plays, but for me... There are some easy gains in the in the offensive um, in the in the running game that I think you should take advantage of. Taylor B says comps to Mahomes are crazy because Mahomes coming out wasn't the same player. Agree, hundred percent, Taylor B. And that would be my concern. I think if you if you wanted to compare, see, I didn't I didn't scout Mahomes coming out, but I don't know. I, that would be fun to go back and look at prospect Mahomes versus prospect Caleb Williams. Sam Teets, Chris, is he better or worse than Trevor Lawrence? Oh, I think Trevor's better. I think Trevor's better. Uh, Bailey says, I don't. He's a very exciting guy uh, who has all the tools if he can refine the normal on-script stuff. I have him behind Lawrence. Yeah, I I would have him. It's close. Don't get me wrong. I think Caleb's great, but I I think I would have Trevor Lawrence in front of Caleb Williams right now, evaluating him as a prospect. I think I like Trevor a lot more. Um, But yeah, so there you have it. There's my, my early report there. On Caleb Williams, I will tell you, I had a lot of fun this morning watching him. I sat down. I woke up 5.30 a.m. this morning, my time. I picked out the two games ahead of time that I was going to watch. I was going to try to sneak a third one in there, but I wasn't able to do it. And I sat down this morning, and I am in, you know, I have my office here and I have my door open. And I'm talking to myself this morning to the point where my girlfriend came in. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, sorry, I'm just watching Caleb Williams, and I'm really enjoying myself more than I thought I would. Um, again, I still have those concerns and the, the areas for improvement, but guess what? That's what 2023 is going to be for. So the things that I would keep an eye on are, can he, can he have that touch in his, in his passing game? Um, can he do better in the on-script stuff? And can he limit kind of those hero ball plays that give me kind of the Johnny Manziel vibe of that? You're not going to get away with that at the next level. Um, kind of like the Zach Wilson stuff where he was able to get away with some stuff at BYU that you're not going to be able to rely on that stuff at the next level. Uh, Bailey says, I'm really excited to see everyone's thoughts on May. Yeah, I mean, I am too. I'm going to watch May Wednesday morning, and that's going to be the, the show topic for Wednesday. Um, and then we'll just, we'll figure out who we want to watch for Friday. But we'll be watching the quarterbacks here for the next couple of weeks um, here on the show. Uh, how did he compare to this past QB class? Um, oh, I liked him more. I liked him more than... I liked him more than Will. I liked him more than Anthony. Did I like him more than CJ? I did like him more. Yeah, I, Sam says easily the number one number one in this past QB class. I think I agree with that. I think he would. I think he would have been Carolina's pick, I, because I think he does the off script stuff better than any of the other guys, and I think he's close enough with the on script stuff to. 
allow the off script stuff because that's the special stuff. That's the stuff that wins you MVPs. That's the stuff that makes you special. He does a lot of what Bryce does, but better. He's also bigger. I think he's more athletic. He runs the ball more effectively than I think CJ. Him and May go one and two this year. Bailey, don't don't put some proclamations out there like that. We've got a long road ahead. There are some guys in this class. We got Bo Nix to talk about. Oh, you're talking like him and May went one go one and two this year. I understand. Yes. I, I think I agree with that. I'm excited. I don't know a ton about Drake May. Um, obviously, being a Pac-12 guy, being an ASU guy, I've watched a lot of Caleb. I'm, I'm the guy that's up late Pac-12 after dark. Like, I'm out here watching USC and, and watching Caleb. Drake May is a guy that I'm really excited to do the deep dive on, and I've already got the games um, kind of loaded up. Um, and I can actually see what games I've got available to me to be able to watch. But I've really enjoyed uh, watching Caleb Williams, and I'm really excited for Drake May because I will tell you my preconceived notion was that I thought I was going to like Drake May more. But I didn't think I was going to like Caleb as much as I did. So um, we'll, we'll see if Drake's able to exceed expectations for me on Wednesday when we have this conversation. But I, I've been, I, I will tell you, and this, this is how we'll wrap up the show. I was incredibly nervous to do this, this project in this series. It's kind of why it got delayed a couple of times. I also wasn't able to get my hands on the film um, right away. I was, some st- was working on some stuff in the back end. But I was nervous because, and I've shared this thought with you guys before, but I'm the first person to raise my hand and say I'm not a scout, right? I share my thoughts on guys. I share my thoughts on what teams should do. I share my thoughts on a lot of stuff. But I'm still a a football mind that's constantly learning. I'm constantly trying to get better. And so I was concerned uh, about being able to watch Caleb Williams and come away with enough takeaways to where it was going to be entertaining, engaging, and I would feel confident enough to talk with you guys about what I saw and what I liked. Um, You know, And I'm not to the level of Kyler Joe or any of the other scouts that we have over here. Uh, at the Draft Network, VP, Keith, like I, you know, I can have conversations with those guys, but I'm still learning and still evolving. So I was a little concerned about how this would go, but the fact that we got to a 20-minute show, I had some thoughts already written down in the trusty notebook. Uh, I would would consider this a massive success here on day one. And so we'll have Drake May uh, tomorrow, uh, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday, we'll talk about Drake May. Um, and once again, I would like to heap praise on the Oregon State defense. Uh, they were very good to watch. They were very fun. Um, and I can't wait to see them here in 2023. As well, But that is going to do it for us here on the first of what is going to be many quarterback conversations for the 2024 draft class uh, here on the show. Uh, the big names we're going to dedicate some time to and have shows that are just for them. Like on Wednesday, it'll just be about Drake May. And then I think what we'll do is the further along in this series that we'll go, uh, we'll try to get a couple of guys in per show um, after we get through some of the big names. So Drake May on Wednesday, we'll figure out who we're talking about on Friday. And then we've got a couple more shows here throughout the week. Uh, as well. But I appreciate every single one of you being here, making this show a part of your day. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We greatly do appreciate it. Um, a lot of fun coming ahead with training camp starting. Well, we're going to have preseason games. We're going to have some late season roster moves. We're going to have more prospect breakdowns. Lots of stuff coming here on the show. So looking forward to it. So come on and join us if you can live Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube side of things. If you can't catch us live, but you do want to see the video version of the show, you can do so over on the Draft Network YouTube channel. Just click the live tab, and they're all sitting there for you to watch. But appreciate everybody making this show a part of your day. Hope you all have a fantastic rest of your Monday. We'll talk with you all tomorrow.